There is a shift which occurred with the Most High and I. I had different moments of figuring out my relationship with God and understanding exactly what he wanted from me. From switching religions to being on the brink of denouncing God altogether and to now being in a state of peace. Not to say I never had peace before through this journey because one thing is for sure, the Most High was always present, desiring to show himself, to guide me, to commune with me, to call me friend and daughter. However, this peace I feel now is continual despite myself. I've learned and I continue to learn. To help share my experience, I am joined by two dear friends who, just like myself, have been on a journey of spiritual discovery. By no means is this a discussion on bashing religion, but more so sifting through a deeper awareness in our relationship with God. From the words of one of my favorite hip-hop lyricists, Nas, I'm looking for one God to show me the things his son did. This around-the-way girl wants to chat with you. She's discovering new information in this world that surrounds her, tapping into her inner power, her sexuality, and taking ownership of her insecurities. She discovered she had to unlearn some things. Come and enjoy her moments of reflection, re-education, redefinition, and evolution. Kick back, sip some wine, take a drive, whatever your vibe. Join me, your host, Shay Sana, with She Discovered Podcast. So stay tuned. You might learn some things. We're here to talk about spiritual shifts. Each of us, although have some similarities in the religion that we've been following for the last couple of years, but we also do have different upbringings or different stories and experiences that we would love to share with you. So for myself, or some of you may know that I grew up Catholic and around the age of 12 or 13, I would say that I decided to tap into Adventism because I had family members that would Adventist and I would go to church with them. However, that didn't last too long. By the age of 18, I was just on my own and doing my own thing. But have it be that God got my attention and around 24, I converted into Adventism. And in this day, I would say I am not in Adventism, but there's a story behind that and we'll get to it. So let me introduce you to each of my guests. Although I've said their names, I would like them to introduce themselves and kind of tap into what your background is. How did the shift actually happen for you? So Rebecca. Hi, my name is Rebecca Sinatis. Shay, thank you so much for having You're me welcome. on this podcast. You already know I love you because <laughs> I grew up in the Seventh-day Adventist church. I've been Seventh-day Adventist for my entire life. Um, I guess how I identify now will be a bit different, um, but we can get there. I grew up in the church. Uh, my parents were both Seventh-day Adventists. Every Sabbath, you know, my parents woke up, went to church. And so that was just the norm for us. Um, learning about what it meant to be Seventh-day Adventist, I think I learned a lot about that in the church growing up pathfinders and just i guess sitting down watching sermons um, but not fully understanding what it is that i was being taught mm -hmm. i didn't fully understand what i believed in right it was just information that was shared with me and i like to say that my parents passed down their religion to me and so whatever aspect or whatever perspective that looked that looked like as an adult i didn't fully understand what it was Based on our conversations, though, that we've had in the past, I remember you telling me that in high school or high school or college that you realized that you had to have a shift to start learning what it meant for you. Mm -hmm. What did that actually look like? 
So just little things that I guess uh, classmates would ask me. So like for example, why don't you wear jewelry? Mm. Uh, and when I would say I couldn't watch a certain TV show because it was on a Friday night mm. or a Saturday morning, it was just like why? And um, at times I would try to give responses, like especially for like the jewelry aspect. I remember my friend asking, "Why don't you wear jewelry? Wow, your ears are not pierced." And I was like, "No." And she was like, "Why not?" And I was like, "It's against the Lord." <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think yes. I said that. I think what I said was, "I said, well, God didn't make me with with jewelry." <laughs> I said, well, you know, I feel like if God wanted me to wear jewelry or wear earrings, then he would have pierced, he would have created me with my ears pierced. pierced. Mm -hmm. And that was the only response I could have get, I could have given to her at that point in time. But I didn't actually understand why. Mm -hmm. And it was a story where, where um, I went to the laundromat with my mother and she gave me 50 cents. I bought a ring I love that story. from the machine mm -hmm. it was like one of those fake you know little diamond the rings. ring pops yeah mm -hmm. no not a ring pop it looked like an actual ring but oh, it was but just the like, plastic ones. yeah 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 mm -hmm. so i bought it my mother saw that i bought it she didn't say anything about it i got home and my father noticed it on my finger and he was like what is that where'd you get that from and i was just mm -hmm. like i bought the ring at the laundry man he was like oh who told you you got a ring i was like Mommy gave me 50 cents to buy the ring. Mm -hmm. And he was like, no, we don't wear jewelry. And I said, why? I think I was about eight. I said, why? And she was like, I just told you we don't wear jewelry. Mm. And I was like, okay. Again, as a child, I had that curiosity. And the so understanding of the why. It was just like, well, you're not explaining to me why I can't do this. You're just telling me that I can't do it. So mm -hmm. he took the ring, put it on top of the refrigerator. So me as a child, what I'm going to do? I took a chair, mm -hmm. stepped on the chair, mm -hmm. <laughs> got the ring. Mercy. Yeah. Well, well what I didn't realize was like, okay, I should have took the ring and I should have hid it somewhere. I put yeah. it right back on my finger. I live in the house of my father. So yeah. he, he saw it on me and he beat me for it. Mercy. Mm. In that moment, it was just like, as a child, like not understanding if I did something wrong, if I truly did anything wrong, because other kids were wearing jewelry too. Yeah. But that was one of the pivotal moments in my, in my, in my life that I can recall um, being a young, I guess, Christian. Um, and not even being, at, I wasn't even baptized yet, but not re realizing that, wow, there is a lot of things that I probably am going to do that's against the will of my parents and their, and their religion or how they view religion that I have to now learn. Did it eventually transform into I'm not doing the will of my parents to, you know what, I'm not doing the will of God? I wouldn't say that per se because in high school, um, again, these are the same questions I would get from my classes, but now I'm a little bit older. Mm -hmm. So in high school, it became, okay, let me kind of learn why or let me find an answer in the Bible that tells me that I either can't wear it or proves my parents wrong. Okay. Right, because they weren't giving me explanation. Mm. So when I went to the Bible, I couldn't find anything that said that Warren Julie was wrong. Mm. But it was more about okay, you know, they go back to the story where um, I think it was where Moses went to go speak to God, and the the, the Israelites were, we're chanting, and they took their jewelry off. off, and they built mm -hmm. the golden calf. And I think that was the only negative thing I really saw about jewelry mentioned in the Bible. But it didn't say that we couldn't wear it. And as a matter of fact, the devil before he was the devil, Lucifer. It speaks about how he was adorned, and right? And Isaiah, stones, yeah. and I was like, okay, so this is before he sinned. He was wearing jewelry, yeah. So it couldn't have been the bad things. My my thought process was, how did it turn into something that was negative, right? Ultimately, and that's what, what that's one of the things that I try to learn on my own. And eventually, a lot of things that I was taught wasn't necessarily biblical. They weren't necessarily biblical, but I had to learn 
how to find these answers in the Bible. And if they weren't in the Bible, then it was just like, okay, this is just an ideology that someone has, or maybe tradition that was passed on from them learning, you know, how to become Adventists for themselves. Reg, let's let's hear from you. Hey, 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 what's goody family? Um, <laughs> Shay, man, listen, you're a brave individual. I'm not even gonna say woman, I'm not gonna say that you just I'll a brave take woman. Individual. I'll take it. I'll nah, have no there, problem with that. Nah, the reason why I say that because I think, you know what I'm saying, but besides the differences, there's a higher level that I think that a higher plane that you exist in that like we go past the male and the female. You know what I'm saying? You're an entity Aww, all in all within you. yourself, you know what I'm saying? So nah, and I and I and I think sometimes like you know with the whole concept of like yo we kings and queens I'm like listen we let's be humble and say yo we divine and we we looking we for that divine path and sometimes we may fall away from it but if I look at you and appreciate you based on the divinity that 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 God has destined for you you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying I, it's it goes past male and female you're right you dig what I'm saying you're right so I, I'm starting off just to say like yo. Swag is on a thousand. Let's snap fingers. Let's snap fingers for that. (laughs) Swag is on a thousand. Like everything that you put your your hands to, your eyes to, your spirit to, despite what people may say, fam. Like they ain't no mountain too high for you, fam. Like you just keep like setting the bar even higher. So I'm just like saluting you high on high. You know what I'm saying? Real talk. You can't. Can we end the episode right now? (laughs) (laughs) You carry that torch, like real talk. Listen, this is just truth from the heart. But before you begin, you bring up a very important point where we are striving to be divine, or in a sense, we are. Mm. Because when we look at scriptures, that is what the Most High calls us to be. Right? right? Be partakers Mm -hmm. of the divine nature. Be perfect as my Father Mm -hmm. in heaven is perfect. But sometimes we're feeling like we have not attained that yet until we meet this certain standard based on our traditions in our family Mm -hmm. or based on religion. When I look at angels or even when we look at God of course from the Bible pan, uh, standpoint there's a sex or agenda that is put towards God right mm-hmm. that he is he we can look at Christ and say yeah it's a he because we know he came mm-hmm. right and he was a man sure. but when it comes to God if we're thinking about it does he truly have a sex mm-hmm. remember and yeah, I, yeah, I was yeah. actually even trying to have that study that if God is just spirit mm-hmm. then there's no sex or Mm. gender that is attached to him or even angels for that sense and if we are trying to attain like you said what i'm doing or what we are striving to do here on this earth or what we're called to do goes way past our gender but it goes in depth of what our spirit is called to do yeah you know so i love that you mentioned that but With all of that, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so we all Haitian here. So we already know what that household is like. Yeah, We're going to stop that right there. Now, let me continue. But um, <laughs> now, nah, I was blessed to be part, um, born to Haitian parents. Um, my mom was Catholic. That's her background. My father was, I want to say he's a practicing Catholic, but you know, you just get born into something, so that's mm-hmm. what you claim. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So my mom became eventually Adventist from her father. You know what I'm saying? So the, her father mm-hmm. essentially brought Adventism actually into her village. Yeah, so Adventism, my understanding of it was through her. You know what I mean? My mm-hmm. father, he was just one who would always, um, he would respect my mother's religion, my mother's faith. So he would like essentially drop us to church, interact with the members at church or whatever case may be, as as far as I can remember. So he was well acquainted with it. 
and because my father just got a swag on himself, you know what I'm saying? He just naturally a charismatic person. Like I looked at my father as being Adventist by proxy because he was just cool with everybody. Uh, okay. You know what I'm saying? My mom was the one who pretty much put Adventism at the forefront in terms of how the household was essentially supposed to be governed. My, mm. my, my father was definitely disciplinarian like all day, but my mom gave us the religion aspect as to why we should adhere and why she would be we behave in the manner that we should. I went to a public school um, from the ages 10. From when I got there, just by the means of how I dressed, like the kids would make fun of me, be like, oh, oh, you, you, what you go to church? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you were like a preacher boy, you know what I'm saying? Because I'll always be on some You had the black, slick shoes. Had the slick shoe. I had the Eastlands back in the day with the collar words, with the shirt and the plaid shirt tucked in my pants. And I'm just like, <laughs> I thought this was normal because that's what I that's what I attribute to when I was in Hebron school. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yo, you must be a preacher or you must be something different. Yeah. And they used to, and based on my responses, they were always like, "Yo, you, what you, Malcolm X? Like, you a preacher, son?" Oh my God. They will always do that joint. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I didn't know that they were literally speaking, tell my life to what I become right now. Mm, you wow, know what I'm saying? Deep. So I tried to divorce myself Dang. from that preacher, like, and started to dress like them, started to act like them, so I could mm-hmm. essentially fit in. Right? You know what I mean? But then I'm um, getting into junior high school, just being your typical knucklehead, but just being smart at the same time, knowing how to get by. You know, typical cutting class. I would still be attending church every week with my uh, my parents, even though we were coming from Long Island. We were attending a church in Brooklyn. And then when I got old enough, like about the age of 16, I would go to another church called Kingsborough SDA, which is um in Park Slope, Brooklyn. I had my homies that I knew from when we was young. They already started going to that church. That's Randy and that whole family. Um, peace and love to Randy and that whole fan. They 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 ride us real talk. But yeah, so being cool with him and his fascination with just being in the scriptures, I was just like always kind of like we in the streets, kind of. You know what I'm saying? But you so fascinated with the scriptures, so I'm like, all right, let me see what this is about. So essentially, he got me interested into the scriptures, like more in depth. Besides, with my mom, mm-hmm. um, placed it into the household. So I started looking at the Bible for myself. Randy's one, whoever knows him, he's very well versed. Like he'll quote a scripture, boom, boom, boom. I'm like, yo, bro, you were like a Dakota out here, real talk. You know what I'm saying? But I would, what he would be quoting in scripture, I would understand theoretically without understanding where the scripture was located. But I always felt like since he knew scripture, I wasn't necessarily his equal. So I always look like, yo, this mm-hmm. is, I'm like his sidekick. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I was cool. I was cool with that. Um, But then when we would do Bible studies together in um, in Kingsboro, then we both came unified and the church members started looking at us, even though I was still on my streets stuff in the, in, in, during the week. But they started looking at us like, yo, you young boys got something, something to say. You guys understand the scriptures. And it kind of was starting to give us clout. As you get older, like the very thing that we started to, that brought us close together, which is the scriptures and just life experiences, because he always had my back, was the very thing that we started having differences in. You know what I'm saying? When I got into college, mm-hmm. when I got into uh, much older, like in my mid 20s or whatever. I was always the inquisitive person because I just was like, it's just something just don't feel right. Like nobody's asking questions, and that's my problem. I've, I've been one to always be a part of the crowd, but always look. Where the crowd is not looking. So even though I was just doing a thing like everybody else essentially was doing, I'm going to look a little deeper. And then the more that I would look into um, the scriptures and just look into the history of the scriptures um, or Adventism and Christianity or whatever the case may be, started asking more and more questions. And the more discomfort that I would get from people in terms of their responses is what gave me the energy to keep looking even deeper. Because I was like, all right, that may just be them. But there's a reason why I'm inspired to look a little deeper. Same thing similar to you where my mom was more of the practicing one. My father wasn't Catholic. He Mm. didn't even have any religion. But 
in respect for my mother, it's like, okay, go to church with your mom. He barely went to church with us. But I got bored with the, and no disrespect to Catholicism or whatever, but this was my experience. I was tired of the go to church, go in, tap the holy water on my forehead, listen to a 20-minute sermon, get my communion, and dip out. And having a cousin of mine, um, Bobby, who was in the house, who was Adventist because he came to live with us, you know, wanting to tag along with him, I said, let me go to church with you. And it was different. You had praise and worship, people singing, Mm. there's children time. And I'm like, what kind of world is this? (laughs) So I decided, you know what? Something about this kind of entertains me a little bit more or draws me in to the point that I remember at 16, I went to church. And this is the first time I ever heard of something called altar call. And I was like, people go to the altar? That's disrespectful. The priest is supposed to be at the altar and so forth. Going to the altar call and there was like, if you want to give your life to Christ and so forth. I went up and I just started bawling at the altar. And I'm like, God, I really don't know who you are. I don't understand. But there's this feeling that a change has to happen. So fast forward. um, um, And it's funny, this is going to play a part into our conversation. The reason I stopped going to church with him at the age of 16 is because I didn't understand the concept of only wear skirts. And if you do wear skirts, it can't be tight. It can't be short. So I'm going with what is already in my closet. Mm. And I wore a skirt that was a little bit above my knee. And this lady grabbed me and she pulled down the skirt. Mm. And I'm just like, how can, how much more can you pull it down without it actually coming off my body? And she gave me this look like, you're so disrespectful mm. to come in this way. And I felt so judged that I was like, I'm never stepping foot in this building. Wow. And from like 16 up until 24, I was just doing my own thing. Like I would be drawn to God where I would pray like here and there. But for the most part, I'm like, that's the best I can do. Pray once in a while, believe that God exists and I'll be just fine. You know, but at the turn of the death of my father and the boyfriend that I had at that time, it it was as if I was going into depression. So he said, you know what? I have a homeboy. Um, He's Adventist. My boyfriend at that time wasn't religious either. And he's like, I don't know what you need, but you probably need something. Mm. So we're going to go to his house. And that was Jadiel. Mercy. You know, and then he's just like, let's go to his house and then Bible study. And I only went because I wanted to know why God took away my father, Mm. you know. Mm -hmm. And based on that, I wasn't getting answers. So I started to get angry again. Mm -hmm. But I think the spirit of God was moving upon me where it's like, what I'm trying to do with you surpasses the answers that you're looking for in this moment in regards to your father. I was baptized in 2009 into Adventism, and I just went full force. When I tell you full force, Mm -hmm. when they say, like, you're on fire, Mm. on fire. And Mm -hmm. I felt everyone needs to be Adventist. I need to convert my family. Mm -hmm. I need everyone to not go to the clubs anymore. Sex is out of the question now. Mm -hmm. And no, we have to stop all of this. The Bible doesn't want this. And for a couple of years, that's how it went. Again, similar to what we each have experienced, there was more questions. And it was this feeling of, is this all that it is to be? And at the same time, like you mentioned earlier, Becky, where it's just, I don't want to constantly feel unworthy. I don't want to constantly feel like there's something I have to live up to and I'm never going to attain it. Mm -hmm. So with with that said, uh, two or three, Three years ago, a lot of things started changing because started asking questions, mm. started seeing things in the Bible differently. Mm. And I know some people would see it as, oh, you're rebelling. Mm. 
-hmm. And it wasn't a rebel. It was more of what is there that God is trying to tell his people that we have not been able to see because our perceptions have been molded by tradition and have been molded by religion. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So now tapping back into you guys. And again, we'll continue to go forward in like what it looks like for us today. Mm Either of you can like chime in, but what would you say is one of the pivotal reasons for your shifts and why your shifts started to happen? I would say for me, I've, I've had two different shifting experiences, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And, um, or three rather. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I feel like you have different journeys. Levels, yeah. Levels in your journey um, when it comes to spirituality and religion, et cetera. Um, for me, Prior to my mom passing away, I feel as if I knew who God was, but I feel as if I didn't necessarily experience him until my mom passed away, if Mm. that makes sense. And I think you mentioned, you know, your father passing. I feel as if trauma sometimes can change your outlook on life and on how you view religion and spirituality. And so for me, when my mom passed away, it was kind of like I had to really learn who God was. And outside not of what your mother told outside you. Outside of what my mom told me and not depend on her. Because we grew up, my mother would pray over us, bring us to church, speak to us about who God was. My mm-hmm. mom was actually the first person to teach me how to ask God for forgiveness and what that actually like meant. Holding on to her and onto her, her God. Mm-hmm. And I never really experienced God for myself until she passed. I love the way you say her God because it, it wasn't like you said, it wasn't a personal relationship for yourself. It was more so what God was to her passed on to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. My shift in spirituality, it turned when after my mom passed away, I just felt like the world was going to end. Like Jesus must be coming tomorrow. The apocalypse oh, is yes. happening. And I don't think anyone else around me realized that, but they did see a change in me. I was very, I wouldn't say I was harsh, but I would say I was judgmental. Yes, I, I, I can agree to that. Mm. But I was queen of that. It was <laughs> for me. It was almost like, oh, no, we can't do this because I don't want us to die. And if we do die, I want us to get to heaven. So Mm. it was like, no, we can't go to this party. No, we can't. No, I can't listen to this music. But it was almost doing these things because I thought that by doing them, that it would lock in my my relationship or my, you know, Mm -hmm. my, my relationship or my faith with God and that it would ultimately lead me to the kingdom. Like, Mm -hmm. we got to do these things. We can't do these things because we don't want to jeopardize or risk not being able to make it to heaven. And that was because I didn't fully understand, Mm. right? And I didn't have a relationship with God, but it was everything... It was based on behavior and actions. And we could speak about behavior modification because you mentioned um, when you went to the church and it was like, okay, people wearing long skirts and all these other things. And I feel like in Adventism, that's what we were really taught in terms of this is how you make it to the kingdom. This mm-hmm. is how you we know whether or not you really have a relationship with God. It's by what you do. And I had to unlearn a lot of those things. When I went into my field of social work, I started to meet people from different parts of the world. Okay. I started meeting homosexuals, people that identified very differently than mm-hmm. I've ever seen before, ever witnessed before. Because I feel like I feel as if growing up in the Seventh Adventist Church, I was like in a bubble almost, you can yeah. say that. Mm-hmm. And so meeting these different people and hearing about their different stories was just like 
wow, okay, but God must love them too. These are the same people that we judge, but surely they have a story to why they are the people that they are today and God still loves them. My experience with church hurt made me very upset with God to the point where I was forced to learn him all over again. That was my that was my third shift. It was like this experience with church hurt had to happen so that you can learn me outside of everything that you know that you've known to be God or religion. So Reg, with you being the inquisitive one, what were some of the things that you began to discover when you said, you know what, I want to start looking outside the box and I had questions which caused you to now say, I don't fall into line with what my family would expect of me because if we're real all three of us here are not going in the well not for my family because my family's still catholic but in the sense of the family that i built in adventism Mm. compared to you guys that grew up in it we all three don't fall into the category of like we are on the narrow road (laughs) you know what i mean we're doing everything as expected but to go back what would you say are the things that you began to discover for yourself. Interesting point, right? Like I was always that dude that was like a chameleon. And this is what I mean. I appear to fit into many circles because I had different kinds of friends, but I felt like I never really fit in. And that kind of gave me a peer view of the world. You know what I'm saying? There are a lot of people who are essentially wearing masks, a lot of people who are walking around with labels, and they're just trying to find that right label to attribute themselves to in order for them to be accepted. Right. And then I started seeing, like, now nah, the world is bigger than any religion. The world is humanity. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's when I'm just like, so that's what you're talking about in terms of hom- homosexuality and all this other stuff. I'm just like, listen, if we're talking about a God that has an interest in every one of his children or these people that happen to be born into this earth, then there got to be a salvation that's prepared for them. You know what I'm saying? So I can't, I can't look at people first with judgment. I just got to give people a fair chance. Mm-hmm. And even though people could be responding in a way as to how they just perceive the world, like I just kind of just let people just rock out. So now this is me being in Kingsborough and all this other stuff. And then now when, when I saw the rejection that me and Randy were having at Kingsborough, um, based on that we were having our own Bible studies, people were coming into it. And then it kind of just led to, like, there were certain things that we were seeing in the scriptures that we were going to the pastors and be like, yo, I think you should start talking about this right about now. And the pastor was like, ah, yeah, we got some other stuff that we want to talk about. That rejection let me know, okay, this searching that I'm doing is dope. I need to keep doing this. And that led us to to go into Bethany. Bethany, essentially, Bethany SD in Westbury, that gave us the platform under the leadership of Jamie Calazar, dope dude, real authentic dude, him and his wife, Colleen. Official, official, official people. Always giving people they, nah, they trophies. Nah, nah, I official. gotta appreciate that. <laughs> you know Always giving people they trophies. You know it. what I'm saying? But yeah, he gave me and Randy a platform. All right, so then when they gave me the kids to do Sabbath school with them, the Those kids were mad. Open mindedness. Yo, when I tell you these kids at Bethany, I love them daily, real talk. When I tell you they would ask certain questions, I'm like, no doubt, you, you are me, just younger always being the ones to keep asking questions but again that rejection and me meeting those children and their acquisitiveness is actually what solidified me going in searching Mm -hmm. is what i need to be doing and this is my own path okay just their questions the continual questions had to lead me going back into history looking to the scriptures and then they were like yo reg these are certain things that i even never heard before i'm thankful for you for just allowing us to be us as kids You know, right. and then I wasn't judgmental of them either. You know what I'm saying? Which led us to have a deeper relationship. Now in getting older, you and Ja, like Ja DL 
is my dog. I got other people I got to shout out. EJ, All right, we're not, Mike, we're not Bill. doing this now, right I'm now. I'm just saying that. We're not doing no, no, this no, no, right no, no, now. No, 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 and I got to back up a little bit because even as I was getting really, really serious and being Adventism, mm-hmm. Adventist rather, and this was the time while I was in Kingsborough, I discovered this dude, GYC, Dwayne Lemon. Mm-hmm. These cats started really pressing on my heart like, yo, this is what it is to be truly a Christian. Mm-hmm. Like as Dwayne Lemon and GYC and all these cats was pouring into my life or whatever case it be, like that led me to this app called Audioverse. Yes. When I went to GYC, mm-hmm. um, when they had it in Orlando, I can't mm-hmm. remember and then when I started listening to Audioverse as a result of my first experience through GYC, yo, there was this sermon. I can't remember this dude's name for the life of me. But I was trying to, at that time, understand who is God? Or rather, who is Messiah? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That some refer to Jesus, some others may refer to Yeshua, whatever the case may be. When I found that sermon, it was like, yo, this is the answer I've been looking for. Mm-hmm. The sermon broke down Messiah in a way that I was like, yo, this is not common Adventism. Right. How did this joint get into this ad- um, this Adventist app? Didn't make no sense. It was during that time I met it with my boy EJ and Jadiel. And I was like, yo, I got this question about the Godhead and I got this question about God. Literally, what I heard was crazy. Boom, John and EJ put all oh, us like, Yo, you're thinking the right things. I said, What? Mm-hmm. Family, stop. And then you got <laughs> Phil, and then you got um, Okachuku, and all this other stuff. There's like, Yo, Reg, we've been thinking the same things, dog. And here's why I think about this joint. I said, And then so this you is, being inquisitive was not in vain, it was not in yeah. vain because I was actually finding people that actually gave me life. They were my light beings, you know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, that was a time that I was like, yo, I was running to these things. I was like, yo, but I'm getting a lot of rejection. I know I could go into this dark place. Those people at that particular time gave me life. And I believe that was the most high placing people in yeah, your path. that's a fact. To help you mm-hmm. along the way. Because each of us have our different experiences yeah. of either people or things that were happening in our life. And I'm, I'm getting goosebumps because I'm laughing because I'm just like, <laughs> around the time you said you were doing this or going through that, you were going through this. Right. And it was all around the same time. Mercy. But different mm-hmm. and similarly bringing us to the same conclusion. Yeah. For the most part, we right. do have differences right yeah, now, for sure, for sure. but for the most part, bringing us to the same outcome, yeah. per se. So yeah. for me, it's still a confirmation of what God is doing with this shift that we're calling. And if we can see it now in the era that we're living in, everyone has questions. Mm-hmm. What church has said, this is what it is, and this is what you may must accept, no longer satisfies Mercy. us. Mm-hmm. You know, and we can go and tap into the the multiple reasons of doctrines, like you were talking about the Godhead. Mm-hmm. You know, realizing things aren't as black and white. What are things that we consider sinful? What are things that I can now say will or won't keep me in and out of the kingdom, or so forth? So, mm-hmm. and this is not to bash the church. Because, Reg, I wanted to ask you a question in the sense of, like, there is a difference, but what does it look like for you? Because there's religion and there's organized religion, or do you see the concept of religion just all in the same ball game? Those who happen to be the leaders of whatever religion at that time that those things were being developed, developed rather, getting the copyrights to whatever that religion actually looked like. Mm-hmm. And then they and end, end up having followers that were able to be influenced based on those theories that they established because of the followers is what gave legitimacy to the ideologies that they were presenting at that particular time. And like you're saying, so would you 
And we could go into other religions, but we'll go into the one that we have experience with, with Christianity. So a lot of people are hmm. saying, you know what, I don't want to be an organized religion to the point I don't even want to be non-denominational. I just want to completely separate myself where now I'm in a space where I tap into other spiritual practices or I don't even identify God as God. I identify him as something else because we have multiple names for God now. No, I was going to say, I think when you and I know people are going to be mad at this, but, you know, it's OK. I am old enough. We I are discovering bread. <laughs> um, nobody paid my bills. <laughs> but real talk, if we are strong enough and let me not say strong enough if we're brave enough to divorce the bible from christianity then i think we'll be open for what the bible is actually really trying to say and here's what i'm saying about this right when you have certain religions have say that this is their book essentially you have to follow the ideology of that religion and look at it only through that lens right but me i've come to respect the scriptures as this is a story about human experiences with their god and everybody in that scripture is human and they're trying to come into they're coming into acquaintance with what god i don't want to say requires but the intention that god has for his people and how we always are in conflict with what god intends for his people so i look at the book as this is a mode of instruction this is experiences that people are having by means of being acquainted with their god and whether they accept and reject here are the results and when i started divorcing it from any christian theory or any muslim saying or any other uh commentary about what the bible is and is not and just read it as this is stories about humanity i started to see god much more clearer would you say god became more intimate for you i'll say intimate secondary god came more real primarily uh, so you see for you it became more real i always saw god as real but i always felt that he was far And again, I believe every part of my life, either Catholicism and then coming into Adventism, it's not to bash it. I believe each part so of my purpose. life served its purpose, Facts. right? Mm -hmm. But what I realized is based on the religion and based on the doctrines that were being taught or the perceptions of what a good follower of God or daughter of God looked like, mm -hmm. it molded my mind into this idea that God is separate from me in the sense that I have to live up to this certain standard for him to even love me. Mm. So when I came to the point of shifting and realizing, seeing doctrines differently, praying differently, what prayer meant and understanding that, okay, I don't need to live up to these laws, but I need to live up to this intimate relationship mm. it's like boyfriend and girlfriend right yeah there's standards but before i'm living up to the standards what is the communication that i'm having with you mm. you know what is the time that i'm spending with you and i realized i was concentrating too much on what was required of me and then the more i read the bible and my perceptions began to change mm. i realized even what was required required of me was secondary mm -hmm. like the oh don't do this don't quote unquote fornicate or don't smoke or whatever mm -hmm. god was just like i just want you it's like you want me 
Mm-hmm. I didn't know mercy, you wanted me. Mercy, mm-hmm. mercy. That's right. I thought you wanted all these things first, and then based on those things, you would want me. Right. And God was saying, you were always worthy. Why would you think you weren't? Mm-hmm. And when I started reading the scriptures, things started coming out where he was like, I think of you more than the sand of the sea. Mm-hmm. You were wonderfully made. And I'm like, how come these things are now? I always read it, but it was never internalized Mm -hmm. so for me i would say and i love what you said and i think that's the beauty of what we're discussing where the intimacy came second but for you based on what you experienced god being real became first and i think that's the first step actually Mm -hmm. to actually recognize that he exists Mm -hmm. but for me i knew he was real i just felt like you know what he doesn't want me i'm not worthy and even prayer life changed where it wasn't i have to be on my knees And it has to sound this way. Mm -hmm. It has to sound how people in church does it. It was more of like, talk to your friend. And that's basically it, you know? So right now, again, we we are dealing with an era where a lot of people are denouncing religion. Um, Not even organized religion, just the concept of religion, period. And going into different spiritual practices. What are some of the reasons that you guys can think of is going on right now in the time that we're in to cause this shift? That's a lot of things to think about. Uh, a lot. I think ultimately it comes down to personal experiences mm. um, that people have with either other people mm-hmm. that also identify as you know being in the same religion religious group or just personal experiences that people just have with god just questioning why things are happening in the world why things are happening in their lives um i ultimately think there are so many reasons to why people have shifted away from what they know to be religion me personally when i speak about religion i've always look at the definition of what religion actually Go ahead, is family. right Facts. um and ultimately, if you think about it, religion is morals, it's values, it's a belief system. system. Right. And so without a person actually claiming that they have a religion, everyone has a religion. Mm. Exactly. Your way of life is your religion. A religion, that's a fact. However you define that. Didn't Bob Marley say love is my religion? <laughs> that's it's your it, religion. That's it. Your way of life is your religion. Um, so how you live, how you choose to live, what you practice every day, your norms, your, your not your norms, your morals, your values, makes up your religion and i think that the world is a we're living in a very progressive time Mm -hmm. right now there's a lot to question there's a lot to make you think oh wow i didn't realize this happened this way and you know and i think for me personally in my immediate circles with people i think that a lot of people are just turned off by legalism and similar to what you said like you always thought that you weren't living up to what god would call you to be right. so it's like who told you that mm. where did you get that from right right because we're taught first do 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 even from our parents who represent our first you know like the first god for Encounter us with god. so right. it's almost like do 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 without knowing why you're doing it in the first place mm. right. um and like you said you you had to learn that god just he loved you for for who you were yeah. love comes first yeah. right you have to love first right and so for me i i had to learn about what it what christianity is or what it means to to love god and know god which was separate from what you were totally separate yeah. it was just like about relationship about what it means to be authentic um what it means to overcome you know certain defaults or, or sins and i think that the world because we're, we live in a very progressive world we what we see 
affects how we now interpret things. So like if I see someone that claims to be a Christian not acting accordingly, already is going to give me a bad taste in my mouth. Mm. And I remember watching this documentary um, that was called, it was called Jesus Save Us From Your Followers. Wow, Ooh. that's real. On YouTube. And basically a person, it was um a, a person that was interviewing people on the street. And the person was asking, what do you think about Jesus? And people would say, Jesus, loving, kind, you know, gentle, giving. And then the person would ask, what do you think about Christians? And people would say, hypocrites, nasty, wow, wow. liars, rude, mean. And I think, again, people interpret, our interpretation of religion is from watching each other. Not That's necessarily understanding point. who God is, but it's from watching how we interact with one another. Right. So it's just like, I don't want to be a part of what people claim to be if they're not even living out, you know, what they what they believe to be true. I don't want to be a part of that. Let me just disassociate myself. Um, and then in, in Christianity, Christianity starting off could be a very, very difficult um, <laughs> experience, mm -hmm. especially when people are telling you what it means to be in relationship with Christ. Facts. And it's really not the case. Mm. Or we could even tap into... Because some people will be like, Christianity is not the problem, like you said. Yeah. Or historically, what has <laughs> been fed to yeah, us okay. to be Christian. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A lot of people like Hebrew Israelites will mm -hmm. tell you, we ha we got the whitewashed version or the ones that were meant to suppress. And there is much truth to that. But at, at the sense, I remember you were talking about that. It's not the essence of christianity which is the problem which is meaning like followers of christ and living up to certain morals and standards mm -hmm. and belief systems but it's exactly what we have been molded to see mm -hmm. and if we want to talk about it a white jesus white white christ right so we view our worthiness or we view how we are to operate within the church system within our family homes based on these images and ideologies that have been placed on us. Mm. Again, I'm not sitting here saying I'm Hebrew Israelite and yes, although I never I don't come to share y'all. No, but at the same time got the locks and everything. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I I don't claim that, but at the same time I, I'm also in a comfortable place where I can say, okay, I don't claim Adventism per mm -hmm. se because even doctrines that I view are different, and that could be for another episode or another topic, but I just came to realize that what I was looking for or what I am continuing to walk into is relation. And based mm -hmm. on relationship, that does not mean there aren't quote-unquote rules or standards mm -hmm. and principles and boundaries that I, yeah. and boundaries that mm -hmm. I abide by. Because mm -hmm. I know some people are going to be like... Oh, you're probably doing all this because you experienced church hurt or you viewed God in a certain point. So it's actually your fault. The religion is not the problem. That's fine. But I'm saying based on things I've seen historically, mm -hmm. based on things that I've seen within organized religion, mm -hmm. I am comfortable and okay in saying, okay, I do not call myself this, but best believe I am walking with the most high. Mm. Right, right. It may not look the way you expect it to right, look. Right. And for so long, I thought that if I did not remain in Adventism, I'm done. Mm -hmm. You know, because that was that has been taught. If you're not a part of this fold, then you're basically done for. Mm -hmm. And once I started like tiptoeing away from church, not because I had issues per se with people, I had issues with the system and how it was built and what was continually being taught to us. Mm -hmm. The one scripture I heard all the time is do not forsake the assembling of the bedroom, you know, in the Hebrews. <laughs> and <laughs> what I came to understand was, but who said the assembly 
was always supposed to be in these four walls of mm -hmm. the church. Mm -hmm. When I look at the scriptures, especially in Acts, I see the disciples and other people gathering in each other's homes mm -hmm. and discussing the law and talking about what Christ has done and what they must do as disciples now and people. And I realized, like you said, it was more of a community. It was more It's the of, body. Assembly the is really body. the body. Yeah, yeah. Yes. You know, it's the mm -hmm. body of people. And how are we now to tap into this divinity that the Most High wants us to experience? Facts. Our emotional EQ, I think, has been... And hear what I'm saying. I think it's, it was really at its highest when we were children. And I think we lost it. And now we're That's trying course. to rediscover it. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I say it is, like, as kids, you naturally are empathetic. Not even based on experiences, but if, if you see something... If a, if a baby or a one-year-old, two-year-old sees that something is wrong, they naturally are going to come. And I think as we grew older, our emotional intelligence just fell by the wayside. Okay. And I think right about now, emotions becomes is like the highest level of currency right now. And the thing is that religion has been defined, like has been telling you, this is, this is how you're supposed to behave. This is what you're supposed to believe. But people's emotions were still being distorted. People's emo like the, the healing wasn't necessarily coming. Uh, and the way that they would want it to come they may give appearances of healing but if and it's not taking away from let's say rebecca is healed you were healed or whatever case i'm not it's not to take away from individual experiences but it doesn't look like the community is essentially being healed and right. now we're at 2020 and we see that the united states ain't healed and yeah. the thing is right about now even though racism is at the forefront there are some people that don't necessarily want to deal with her racism because there's a lot of trauma that it comes with racism could be a root issue having a shift or a power paradigm shift to come about unless you deal with the root mm -hmm. so if you're and i think what's happening right about now is there's a lot of root issues that's being discovered like there's no i don't think there's never been a time besides the catholic church like everybody else has been indicted with molestation i'm talking about hollywood and every i mean your local pastor your brother everybody's on the chopping block you molested you were in this you're in that you um child sex trafficking like stealing all the, money stealing money all the immoral things are literally at the forefront and the world is like yo religion y'all were there during this whole time um, catholicism christianity um a muslim everybody y'all were there during the whole time and y'all were supposedly the direct connections with god but this is still happening so mm, i don't know if y'all e even have answers y'all mm -hmm. have regulations and structure but y'all don't have no answers so i'm good with that mm -hmm. let me go back to my old spirituality you okay. know what i'm saying which may be pan-africanism going back to your oceans your oguns your, your your african dignitaries and all that other stuff because people are trying to figure out are seeing that whatever y'all presented in y'all doctrines and y'all ideology has not presented the healing or the God that you are attributing to this particular healing that's supposed to be existing in this world. So now it's like you have a lot of people going back to nature to rediscover healing and discover like, okay, we've been we've been we we've been at bad handler towards nature. So nature is repaying us with its reward mm -hmm. and it's all the destructive <laughs> and the GMOs that we now have to rely on to for our nutrition because we've been mishandled on the land you know what I'm saying the land is pretty much like giving us a big I don't want to say but a big middle finger because we've been doing some wild stuff to it now even our women the the empowerment of women it's unfortunate but fortunate at the same time because it's like yo how long have women essentially been so pressed in the midst of all of these religions that has been the direct connect to God y'all were witness to these things but now you had so much people forget the poor 
Forget everybody else. A whole gender just literally suppressed? And you're saying that a, a, a woman's relevance is based on the man that she's attached to or based on her behaviors? That's what makes her an astute woman, an amazing woman? A woman cannot think for herself? Not every, everybody crying out. And everybody's so. like, um, uh, we, we, we don't have no answers, but um, um, the, the, the Bible says that we have to adhere to the government. The government was there too in the midst of all these abuses. Oh, the, the Bible says you must respect the, the leadership of the church. Y'all were there when in the midst of all of these abuses. Y'all don't have the answers. Mm-hmm. Don't want to say it like that, but it don't look like y'all have the answers. But y'all saying y'all directly connected with God. Now it's time to step y'all game up if y'all supposedly had the answers. And I'm not calling y'all out because I'm dabby, but I'm calling myself out. If I'm saying that God has been leading me out, leading me on this path that is leading me to get into deeper and deeper things and i'm seeing certain things shay you you know that i'll be like yo sometimes i don't even want to speak because there is this like jeremiah says this fire that shut up in his bones fam mm. that you can't just stop it's like yo it may not be a congregation but i'm a plant to seed in this garden and whenever he or she grows based on the information that i did yo they'll probably be the brave ones to share that information wow. but now i'm coming to now i'm brave right now i'm old enough but i'm all about revolution not rebellion mm-hmm <laughs> Because I think rebellion has rebellion in scriptures is stubbornness. Like yeah, I'm not stubborn, actually. You know what I'm saying? Witchcraft. It's witchcraft, right? That's correct. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not trying to do no witchery here. <laughs> no witchery. You know what I'm saying that's not what I'm about. But what I'm essentially trying to do is revolution, right. and, mm-hmm. and and to be to be baptized by the Spirit is revolutionary. Right. For Messiah to give a salvation that was not taught. Or adhere to at the time that he was there was revolutionary. Right, right. Can I say something? Thank based you, Malcolm X. Based on um, <laughs> Reggie's response, and I think your response too. I think every religion has a chapter that no one likes to read, right? But Ooh, also, I love the way you said that. It's true, but Shock also love. when I think about because when I was looking into Christianity and different different. Uh, religions and what they believe and think, et cetera, et cetera. I realized that historically you can see that, you know, evil, good was used for evil, evil used for good. And it's not for me at the core of it all. It's not the religion. It's the people behind the religion. Ah. That's how I look at things. Ah. It's the people behind religion because even when Christ came, he was still Jewish. He was still Jewish, but he had to show the Jewish community, listen, this is not how we're supposed to be practicing mm. our beliefs. Mm. So even right? then there was a skewed even, version of even, what? Even then. Mercy. And I, and I remember this pastor saying, he used this analogy, he said that water could be used for different things, right? Water could be used to drown a baby. Mm. It could be also be used to quench someone's thirst. Who's using the water? Ultimately, that's where where the breakdown comes from. Right. So even for someone who um, who who identifies as Muslim or person identifies as Christian or um, et cetera, et cetera, it's really comes down to the person, mm-hmm. right? And how they choose to live out the principles, the morals, the values that they claim to believe in at the core of it all it's not necessarily the religion mm. so even though historically we say you know yeah when it comes to christianity you look people were enslaved and the white man was using this da, da, da. the people it was the people not necessarily the religion you understand mm. it's how you use it people use things for evil all the time right but does right. it take away from what is true or what people know to be true because i think right 
I wouldn't say that truth is subjective. It doesn't matter how hard you try to refute truth. Truth is going to stand as truth. You brought up a good point, Reg, where you said that we're now pulling up a lot of roots. And for us, in order to heal, is to now unveil all the lies and facade, basically all, all the evil that has been done, sure. right? We're pulling at the roots. And in 2020, like you said, I think during this pandemic, is a lot of things that are coming out where people now have to sit within themselves. Mm -hmm. And just like I said, with the forsaking of the assembly, there's no church to go to. Mm. So a lot of people are realizing, okay, there's no structure. We're not going in. We're not having this. We're not having that. So what does assembly truly look like? What does my own relationship with God look like? Not based on what my pastor, not based on what's going on and all the formalities and so forth. So at this point, I would say to wrap it up based on each of us and how we're moving, how would you say you are continuing your experience or your acquiring of knowledge with God. Yo, God is really an intentional God because um real talk, I don't pray every day, but I'm interested. Mm -hmm. Um I've always been interested in discovering truth. And I just think that God, despite of how I felt for the day, yeah, literally despite how I felt for the day, he oh I could be pissed off, mad but I'm sitting here researching something while I'm sitting cursing in my brain. But I'm like, yo, real talk. This actually looks quite interesting. And it's so interesting that God is even speaks to me through my interests. Yeah. And he keeps me interested. So I think even if I don't speak to God every day, like he really speaks to my soul. And oh, I'm that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, and I'm 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 more adherent to just to following his 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 speech patterns to me you know what i mean you know just to just capitalize on this year 2020 like you think about vision and they used to say perfect vision is what 2020, 2020. right yeah and we because of all the trauma that we experienced mm -hmm. we probably seeing that god is so absent i'm like nah mm -hmm. the fact that you could see things so much more clearer mm -hmm. this year and so much things are being unveiling this is the move of yahweh That's in real. such a way right about now that yep. you may not have been prepared for but he's trying to prepare you for something more that's about to happen. Are you brave enough? And I just like like put that out there. Like people, we gotta be brave to really discover the God that your probably your forefathers didn't teach you. You know what I'm saying? Because mm. they probably didn't know. You know what I'm saying? If you you truly in trying to seek God for yourself and trying to be an ambassador and a speaker on his behalf, search God like you never searched God. Not based on what you're comfortable with. Actually search God in the very thing that you're in, uncomfortable with. And then you're gonna see God in a whole new way. And then he and it's by that that he'll strengthen you because he'll realize that uncomfortableness is what makes you weak. Keep pushing, keep pushing. And if people don't understand you, they may now have to understand you from the audience rather than as a friend. Mm. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. I'm ready to come to your church. Oh <laughs> I'm ready to come to your church. Where's my tide? <laughs> mercy, mercy. Hey. I give 50. I give 50. <laughs> going right back into community. Holla. Hey. Ooh, like let's that. not go there. We never touch on that. For me, I would say, especially during, in, during this pandemic, I've learned to appreciate who God is so much more. That's what's like up. I've experienced his grace and that's something that for me it just changes my entire outlook on like life and so like it's just waking up in the morning at times it's so easy to just go to my phone and 
go to Instagram or whatever, check my notifications. But especially because I live by myself and spend that time to kind of just like connect. And like Reggie, I don't pray. I don't, I pray every day, but I feel like sometimes my prayers are not as intentional. intentional. like, check is your God. Yeah, I'm letting you know I'm alive. (laughs) Basically, all right, thanks God for waking me up. You know, you know, you you the man. Um, (laughs) Basically, just like just recently, I was like, Rebecca, you need to spend more time in like prayer. And I told Shay this, I think about a week ago. I was like, yo, God really answers my prayers. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when I'm, even when I'm very specific, he like literally comes through. But that also makes me scared. Because I'm like, I got to be mindful. Like the whisper, it makes me scared. Yeah, it makes me scared. Because I'm like, if I know that God gives me exactly what I asked him for, that means that sometimes I'm like, let me not be too specific because I'm like mm. I already know you're gonna because I don't know if I'm prepared for I it. was about to say wow. that's that's Not really ready. what it is so like I I'll pray and I'll be like all right guys and that's it because I don't I'm, I'm okay with how things are going now and so I don't necessarily Ooh, don't want to get uncomfortable yeah I don't want to go in too deep and I start asking for this and that and that and I was like all right you ready you want patience exactly <laughs> you really want patience yes. do you really want to be <laughs> elevated to another because it's true we do that we're just like yeah. God elevate me I'm God increase you. me and he's like you're not ready for you're what that ready. looks you're like let me just add yeah yo, you think about elevation right you uh-huh. think about elevation yo you don't know the portals of demonic realms that you have to pass mm-hmm. through in order to get to that divine self. Papa Mets. And that's that's really it. That's really it for me. Not that I'm scared, mm-hmm. but I know that if I really sit down and I and I lay out everything that I want God to do for me, with the elevation is going to come these spiritual battles that I have Mercy. to now encounter. And for me, it's just like, I don't know if I'm Physically, like spiritually, physically. Mm-hmm. For the wow, 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 you know how they say you got you got to work your your spiritual muscle. muscle yeah. I don't know if I'm physically or spiritually prepared to do that. As of that. And it scares me. Yeah. But I don't want to be scared. But it does kind of like okay, no, God. it's real. It's real. <laughs> okay, God. So like every day, I'm you know I'm grateful to be alive. I experience His grace daily, yeah. and I really just try to commune with Him on a level that I've never communed before. Being mindful that. I have to be careful in what I ask God for because he really blesses me every time that I ask him. Right. Uh, but I feel like in my relationship with other people, um, in terms of, you know, love God, love thy neighbor, yes. I'm really, really working on my relationships with my friends and my family members, and I see God through those things. That's dope. Yeah. And so that's that's every day. I work mm. in progress every day. I would it definitely will Pop always in. be. I would say because it, it's a mixture between both where what you're saying now I realize the way I dealt with other people is the way I felt God was dealing with me. Mm. So if I felt unworthy, I didn't feel loved, uh, and I felt like I had to live to a certain standard, Mm. my judgment on people were like, well, you have to live up to this. You have to do that. Mm. And God is not going to love you for that. Mm. And certain people were pulled away because they're just like, dang, now you making me feel bad about myself. But it's because already the relationship that I saw through God, Mm. I was now portraying it, you know, onto them. So for me, it's restart of my relationship with other Mm -hmm. people. Again, like I said, everything is not black and white i'm more compassionate now i'm more understanding i'm not as judgmental Mm -hmm. and then even in the midst of my walk on conversion there were things i did and i had to realize shay how are you putting these standards on people when at the same time you have your own quote-unquote struggles or things that Mm -hmm. you're dealing with Mm -hmm. but for the most part we like to keep our things in the closet you know and then continue to judge others but you don't see what i'm doing so i have the right 
to you know judge your lifestyle or your actions yeah, and yeah, so yeah, forth. Yeah, yeah. So I become I became very much more um, compassionate and understanding. But on the second part, like I said, God knows to deal with you, Reg, through the mental, and it speaks to your soul, and He's constantly getting your attention through these different avenues because mm-hmm. He's like, "This is my son, and I know how to deal with my son." That's a fact. My son is beginning to learn me as his father, mm-hmm. but I've always known him, mm-hmm. so I know how to mold him and continue to grab him towards me. Compared to myself, God was just like, "You know what? I need you to know that you're worthy. I need you to know that you are loved." That is powerful. And he based, speaks to your love language. He speaks to my love language. Wow. Our love languages, mm-hmm. basically, wow. powerful, right? Powerful. So because of that, now that I feel so loved, now my mind is starting to drive more into I want to learn more. Mm-hmm. I want to increase my knowledge. But before I felt I was doing the opposite. I was increasing my knowledge. Let me know more. Let me know more doctrine. Let me know the history and da 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 da. And God was like, you know all of this, and it's nothing. You don't even feel me. Mm. You're just doing it because you want to make sure you're in right standing. Mm. You understand? So he speaks to us differently. He loves us differently based on our personalities. And based on that, now I'm able to not be afraid to tap into something because I'm just like, God, whatever it is, you're going to continue to guide Mm -hmm. me. You're going to guide me in the right path. So I think for all of us, we have our spiritual shifts that has happened from childhood and now into this very day. But I think we can honestly all sit here and say that we are still on a path of a love relationship. Yeah. You know, a very deep love relationship. And we no longer have to be scared of what that looks like to the outside world Mm. because we already know who we're serving. Facts. Mm. Right? Solid, solid work, solid work, solid yes. work. Love it, love Come it, love on, it. Shay. All right. Banger, banger. Listeners, thank you again for um, listening to another episode. Basically, stay tuned for next week. And I hope you have discovered a lot of things, not only about myself and my guests, but it has taken you to sit down with yourself and look at what your relationship with God is and if there are more things that you need to discover. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope you've gained some knowledge, insight, and clarity in this moment, creating your own inner discoveries. Tune in again with new episodes released every Tuesday. And most importantly, head over to at She Discovered Podcast on Instagram to interact with me and receive more tips and info relating to all topics discussed. As always, you are appreciated.